0: You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Maya Angelou. You have the power to be the boss of your own life. I'm your host, Monica Allen. I'm a wife, mom, entrepreneur, best-selling author, lifelong learner, and your biz bestie. I have a love and passion for all things small business. Growing my own company from $700 to over seven figures annually, my goal is to bring you inspiration, business-focused topics and tips, encouragement, and a community that helps you launch, grow, and scale your business, whether you are a dreamer, a side hustler, or a seasoned entrepreneur. You are listening to the Become Your Own Boss podcast. It can be difficult to marry creativity and business. When you have a beautiful, God-given talent that doesn't come naturally for others, you may be hesitant about charging your worth. I can remember back in the day when Ethan would do much of his graphic work for free. On today's episode, I'm chatting with a uniquely talented and formally trained artist and licensed art teacher who discovered her business and entrepreneurial highway in Wood Flowers. I had never even heard of Wood Flowers, until I met Andy Gretzinger, the founder, owner, and executive floral artist behind Northwood Blooms. Residing in Wisconsin and taking wood flowers to an entirely new level, I am thrilled to bring you my conversation with Andy. Hi Andy, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, super excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here because I want to give the listeners just a little bit of a backstory of how we met because it's kind of unique. And this is actually my first time seeing you live on the screen even. But Andy and I met on Clubhouse probably over two years ago now, and I have literally watched her grow her business from just a small business that she started to now she's doing so much stuff with her business. And we're going to just dive right in and talk about it because Andy's a creative and what she does is these beautiful wood flowers. And so, Andy, just tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got started making wood flowers.
1: Yeah, it was really kind of funny to see how we, how we met on Clubhouse. And I think the first time that I said anything on a quote unquote stage to you guys, it was like, well... I'm just a little business in my basement. I'm not as far along as any of you. And I was kind of like boxing myself in. And um, I think you've been a big part of me not thinking about that box anymore and just kind of thinking bigger because this started as a side hustle of, of hobby, something fun. I was an art teacher for seven years total in about the last 10 and I went to school for art education and coaching, and my dream job was to be an elementary art teacher and varsity volleyball coach, and I did that within the first two years of my career, so it was like hit the jackpot, and I was super excited and comfortable with it, and I started growing a family, and I had my daughter, and while I was just kind of trying to find my own time, my own space, uh, one of my friends found woodflowers for her wedding, And I was like, what? Tell me more. And so I I looked at them and was like, well, these are cool. I'd love to start playing around with them because I'm just a creative person and always have needed and had the urge to create. And I thought, well, that's something like a new medium I've never played with. And as an art educator, I was doing a lot of like Day of the Dead multicultural lessons with my students in November. And I was like, how cool we could paint them. We could add them to a Calavera. Like, had all these ideas already bustling of how I could bring them into my art teaching. It ended up being this gateway to this like me time that I didn't know that I needed as a young mom. And like, as someone who pours into other kids all day long, planning my lessons and planning all of their creativity, I didn't have my own creative outlet. So this became my thing. And I liked it so much that when my sister got engaged, I just asked politely if I could make her flowers for her as a gift so that I could keep playing with them a little bit more. From there, it just turned into posting on Facebook, friends and family saying, Hey, that's beautiful. Could you make me this? Have you ever done one of these? And all of a sudden, I was like, Oh, I'm actually getting orders. I have to charge them money. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that I was starting a side business by just posting about something I enjoyed doing just to family and friends. And so I ended up starting an LLC, a website, and like really just wanted to funnel people to the right spot so that I would know how much money was i charging how much money was i bringing in like luckily my husband is in business he was able to give me some advice as far as you really need a separate bank account you know certain certain things to get me started just with a side hustle and it just really kept going and never stopped i started diving into some local free business resources and then the entrepreneur bug just got sparked and i started networking on clubhouse and meeting people like you and really starting to expand my thinking of what could this hobby become? And then now look where we are.
0: Yes. And you've now made it your full-time gig,
1: right? When did you leave teaching? I left teaching. I resigned in February of 2020. We all know what happened in March of 2020. Your was moved, perfect. Yeah, it really, I, I literally look at it as like a sign from God because I'm just like, he knew what I needed and pointed me in the right direction before the chaos and then after all of the pandemic came to fruition i really got to focus in on my goals and my dreams and my family yeah i gave my two weeks notice in february of 2020 and it got accepted and it got posted and then march 16th was the last day i ever taught in the public school system and it was just it was bizarre cuz that was the day that lockdown was starting it was supposed to be a two week thing and it ended up being throughout the rest of the year. And I was pregnant at the time with my second daughter. She was due in May of 2020. And in Wisconsin, where I'm at, that was a lockdown month. Nobody could do anything. I ended my tenure as an art educator in lockdown, on maternity leave, like virtual school. It was the weirdest ending to a chapter that it almost didn't feel done. Last year, I actually taught part-time at a private school And I was just a 20% art educator and I I had to stop doing that because business was growing so much that I just told them, you're not getting enough of me. Like I, you deserve better. You deserve more of what I can give. And right now I have to give myself to my dreams. I decided to go completely full-time this year in fall of 2023. Well, congratulations.
0: And it's so great to hear of your business growth and that's what we all want, right? We all want that business that we love, that's, that we're passionate about and that it just takes off. That's what we want. Yeah. My next question for you though is, because I love the fact that you said you had to realize that you had to charge money for this, right? How did you go about that process of determining how much to charge? Because I find often, especially as a creative, sometimes we don't charge enough for what we do. How did you determine that?
1: Yeah, that was a huge process completely. One of the turning points in my like entrepreneurship journey, I take as I attended a local entrepreneurial training program that was put on my economic development center. And it was a course that had a little bit of a fee to it. But at the end, there was also an opportunity for a grant. But it ended up being like a wash where you ended up almost on the plus side of things. I decided to, to do it, invest in myself, go do the thing. And I ended up writing a business plan through that course. And they, you know, Who's your ideal client? How are you going to target them? What's your marketing going to be? How much money did it cost to start your business? And how much is it going to cost to grow it? I had to look at spreadsheets that I didn't know existed in the world. and I was like, oh, now I know what I didn't know that I didn't know. (laughs) My mind was opened up to the business side of business, not just the like fun, pretty side of business. And that really helped walk me through just like knowing what cost of goods was. I saw cogs on a sheet and I was like, Cogs? What are we talking about here? Oh, you mean how much does my greenery cost? My flowers, my my stems, my glue, my paint, my time, like all of that stuff. I, I was just like, I'm in deeper than I thought into something I didn't know enough about. I mean, I had this like epiphany moment where I was like, I need to get organized trying to wrap my head around all of the things that I should be charging for. The, the money I'm putting in and the time I'm putting in is, is worth getting that back, you know, double, but also my talent and my expertise and my touch as Andy Gretzinger, woodflower flower florist is worth something too, because any, anyone can grab a flower and maybe dip it in some paint, but maybe they don't paint it the way I do, or maybe they don't, you know, preface it with the business and the heart that I do, or, you know, I had to kind of think about what value I bring as well. That was a long process of just continually raising my prices. <laughs> right away, I was just like, what will people pay for this? Let's put a price tag on it. And people were telling me time and time again, you're not charging enough. And I, I took that as like, oh shoot, <laughs> like I should okay, thank you. Like, oh, that's such a compliment. And I I didn't realize that I wasn't valuing myself and I wasn't doing the like personal work that took to to charge what I'm worth. And I, I didn't have like the self-worth to go with my handmade items. There was actually a lot more diving in than just cost of goods and time and inventory. It was actually like a lot of self-reflection saying, what am I worth? What's my artistry worth? How much are people paying for this elevated service that I am starting to offer? Instead of a craft, I really think of myself as an artist and all of those mindset shifts like started to come to fruition. I think in the past two years, like since we've met when, when my mindset expanded, then I was able to really sit down in the spreadsheets, look at all of it, charge what I think I'm worth and still raise my prices as I go due to demand. It's like, okay, if the, if the supply is low and the demand is high, I can raise my prices. So that was actually a really fun way for me to figure out, how to price my work because I was selling out in minutes when I would do a launch for a while. And it was just like, okay, I guess I could charge more. (laughs) So I ended up just kind of organically raising it all. I I went off of a spreadsheet, but then I started to organically raise it due to demand. And now I think I've hit a, a good price point where I am attracting my ideal clients and I'm still charging what I'm worth. And I'm doing a little less inventory, but a little bit more cash flow. I suppose love little it on that way. Wow. Andy, you said so much in
0: that, you know, just underlying all of that conversation, you know, mindset is such a huge piece of what we do and believing in what we're putting out into the world. And I love that you, you came to this point of like, I am worth this much, just my artistry alone, because one there is a difference between crafting and someone who has an art education like yourself and all of that goes into your work. That's just so beautiful. And I'm so glad you, you reached that. Now tell me a little bit about, because I know that you have since moved out of your basement, but tell us about that process and how you made that decision for yourself.
1: Yeah. You know that I took that entrepreneurial training program. So I got really involved with my local economic development center. They, continue to support me just like through my inbox and emails. And our town is pretty small. Our our area is pretty small. So we get very personal one-on-one service. I know the people personally and well, I had the director of the EDC contact me and she was like, there's a grant opportunity available that I think you're perfect for. Why don't you read into this and, and see what you think? And at that exact same time, I'm, I'm very prayerful and faithful in my business where I'll pray over decisions and think about, is this the right thing? Why am I doing this? You know, is this meant for me? I was just like, okay, let me read into it. Well, at the same exact time, I was getting busy in all of my work where I needed some help. I just needed someone to come dye flowers with me. I needed them to stem. I needed them to count. I needed them to do the things that didn't take too much like training or effort. I just wanted to make sure that I could expand a little bit more. I was hiring friends and family and having them come over just on a contract basis. And I was finally like, I don't want to hire a stranger to come into my basement because my studio was downstairs. My kids were upstairs, you know, very personal home studio. So I just, I wanted to expand. This grant opportunity came available. It was called the Wisconsin Main Street Bounce Back Program after 2020. They were really trying to get more businesses out into the world, away from home and like back on Main Street. If you rented a vacant location for the first time, then you were able eligible for a $10,000 grant. And basically, that was the only eligibility that you had to have. There wasn't like a huge application process. It was like, if you apply and you qualify, it's yours. And I was just like, I think I could qualify for this. I should start looking for places. So I did. I started looking probably in like spring and there were some places available, but like I said, we're in a small area. I was touring like some officey type buildings and I knew that I just wanted a studio. And I really just wanted a studio for other people to work at where if I needed to haul stuff back and forth, I had my basement studio. I could do my work. They could do their work. They weren't going to come in my home. You know, I was really just looking for anything I could afford. And I knew that what I could afford wasn't much. (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) eligible for a lot of things. And I knew that it was still a chance that I could not get approved for this grant. I had to be able to apply and be able to afford it without the grant. But man, if I got that grant, what a bonus, you know, and looked at like five or six places that were not right for me, sat on it, waited on it. And I was like, man, I just need like an industrial type thing. And I went past like downtown in my town, giant building that said industrial space for rent. (laughs) I was like, how long has that sign been there? A billboard, literally a billboard. (laughs) I called the number, the person answered, and I told him what I needed. And I said, I don't know if you have anything available for me that might fit my business. It ended up being like this really quick interview on there. You know, he just asked like, well, what kind of business do you have? What kind of space are you looking for? Would you need this? Would you need that? And I didn't expect to be interviewed on the phone. So I'm just sitting here going, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. And he mentioned, do you need ventilated airbrushing space? And I was like, yes, <laughs> that would be great. So I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. He brought me over. I brought my husband to kind of tour one day and it ended up being a warehouse, not downtown, downtown. It was in a local township, like right on the very edge of the city limits. And it's a warehouse space connected to an auto shop. And I always said like an auto shop would actually be perfect because then it would have like an office and a showroom. But then I just have a bunch of room to make a mess, you know, like an old auto building would be perfect. Well, the auto is on the other side of the wall that I'm talking to you from. And he's still in business. And the other side was actually a, a lure manufacturing company. And so it's 3,500 square feet. It was in my budget, which I could not imagine that it would be. So I got this amazing space for this amazing deal. It is warehousey, but it's also beautiful because after I had signed the lease, I thought I was going to have to do all of this work. And he ended up painting, trimming, like changing a bunch of stuff just for me, knowing that I was coming in and knowing that I was getting this grant. Cause that was kind of one of my cards on the table. I was like, if you rent this to me and I'm able to get this grant, like you have 10 months of rent paid, like you don't have to worry about me type thing, you know. It ended up being a great opportunity and I prayed over it and I thought about it and I'm going to give you a real quick aside that you you could edit it out if you want to, but I I was scrolling on Instagram and I was following a business coach that I really enjoy and she was doing a giveaway on like a home decor page that she has and Basically, I, I said a prayer and was like, if this is the right thing, I'm going to, I'm going to win this giveaway. Like, I'll just know this is going to be my sign. So I put stipulations on God. And I was like, if this is the right decision, God, I'll win this giveaway and I'll know it's you <laughs> the next day. So I signed up for it on Sunday. On Monday, they were announcing the winner and I won. And I was like, okay, I see you. I got you. <laughs> it's just funny that I'm like, I don't ever do that. And I did it and it still worked. I just let it be the right timing. It was a scary jump. I wasn't ready for it, but I decided that the worst case scenario was that I'd go back home to my basement studio and it would be all okay if it didn't work out. I mean, I'd go back with my tail between my legs, but it was okay if it didn't work out. I had a backup plan and I decided to just jump and hope that my parachute caught me if I ever needed it.
0: (laughs) wow. That's a great story though, Andy. And congratulations on your space. And I remember when you moved in it, I mean, I follow you on Instagram, so I see all the movement and I believe you even told us about it, you know, in a clubhouse room one day. And I was just super proud of you because again, seeing that you went from, you know, teaching to starting your side hustle and turning that into something, turning it into your business and how is it going? How's business right
1: now? Really good. I have been in the warehouse for a year. And so when I first signed the lease, it was August of 2022. I hired my first part time helper in September of 2022. And she's been with me now for a full year, which is really exciting. And, you know, all with the jumping out of a a plane type feeling where you're just taking a leap. I didn't know how to run payroll, I didn't know how to file for, you know, all of the taxes and things that I needed to do. Regarding that side of things. And so I hired help and I just said, can you help me through this? And it ended up being a wonderful leap of faith because things have grown because she's been able to be there with me. And I think if I wouldn't have hired help at that moment and ready to expand, I wouldn't be where I am today. My mom and aunt Vicki also come over every Wednesday and I have volunteer help from them, which is really nice. So they'll do some organizing, some cleaning, some stemming, some, some different things. They get to spend time with you. Yes. And I think that part as much as they make fun of me for not being as organized as I could be on Wednesdays, <laughs> but they're, they're a lot of fun to have. So I have this team of four that we call team NWB. And because I have the help, I'm then able to expand and learn different things. I'd never been a manager before. I'd never had to manage anyone, but students. <laughs> I learned how to figure out what do they need? What do I need? And I'm honestly listening to your podcast helped a lot. I've been having like them do certain things that I've learned on your podcast. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Yeah. As I, as I grow, I'm able to kind of dive more into the hopes and dreams of the business and step into a, a tiny bit more of the CEO role because they're able to prep that class that I'm doing or they're able to put stems on those flowers that are for that wedding that then all design after that step is done so I'm able to kind of delegate some tasks so that I'm able then to work on my email marketing or my social media pages or my books that I don't love to go through all of the time and I want to make sure that I'm starting to expand Like I was saying with my worth and my pricing, like now I'm starting to expand going, okay, what could my business become? If I scale, what could my business become? If I serve my absolute ideal clients and I'm really starting to like dream up, who are those people? And what do I really want to do? And what do I really want to be known for? Because I was making anything that people asked me to make. I was doing home decor and I was doing weddings and now I'm doing make and takes and now I'm doing you know installations and I'm starting to expand my portfolio, but now I almost want to shrink it back down again just so that I can dive deeper into the perfect thing for us. And that's really turning in back into weddings, events and working with businesses for their installations, their client experience, their decor, their events. It's a lot of fun because I'm able then to expand my artistry and also then like my business sense and my passion to connect with other business owners and support their dreams, because that was something that lit up in my entrepreneur training class too, was I'm always going to be a teacher at heart. I can't get rid of it. I, I coach other wood, wood flower creatives. And then I also like to just pour back into the entrepreneur community and kind of build other people up. Now my business has gone from what I would have said is like a little home decor business into a like thriving, customized, luxury wood flower service where I'm, I'm giving you a product and I'm giving you a service and an experience that then lasts forever, which is something that I'm extremely proud of. Mm-hmm. And the craft itself has improved so much over the last two years just by having the time, the energy, and the systems to really elevate what we do and the places to store it. And you know, all of the the different spots in our warehouse are meant for something. You know, we dye the flowers, we assemble them and then we're able to store and have like the showroom. And it's just been a lot of fun watching the expansion from this idea phase back in my basement on Clubhouse, trying to dream up how I was gonna serve people into fruition of actually finding my little niche in another niche, I mean, wood flower forestry is pretty small, but, but right. to also then be able to find, like, I would love to be the elevated luxury wood flower florals that you really, you really seek out and that you really want because you want the very best wood flowers that you can possibly get. And then I'm able to be that person who can serve and give that it's been a neat journey.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I think that's amazing. And it's so interesting that pivot because I can remember in one of our businesses, we went through, okay, we're going to just add all of these different products. We're going to offer all of this stuff to different organizations. We're going to do this, this, this. And and we had a lot of, not even inventory, but a lot of SKUs. And since 2020, we've actually dialed back those SKUs and it's made us more efficient we actually need less people because we don't need as many people to handle the multitude of things versus the slimmer skew line. It's interesting you say that because it, it is something about the niche that makes a huge difference. And it's interesting too, because yesterday I was watching a talk by the gentleman who started Priceline. And he mentioned that when he started this travel company, he wanted to be all things to all people. And he found that it just didn't work. He actually was very successful when instead of focusing on, you know, the hotels and the cars and all the things that go into travel, he just focused on the one thing. Anyway. But I know it's hard for entrepreneurs because at the same time, we're like, but
1: I can do this and I can do this. And I'm really good at this. Yeah. And once you have like all of the once you have the mindset to like open up your mind to all of the opportunities, like you you find opportunities everywhere. It's like you have to decide. Which opportunity is the opportunity that's going to make the biggest difference in your business and which one's going to keep you busy instead of productive. And I think that's been the hardest part of being like a creative entrepreneur has been trying to be productive and not busy. Like I have all these ideas and I'm so inspired and I want to just create it just to create it and get it out of me. You know, I'm sure there's listeners who are like, yes, I've been there but there's then also where you have to be a business person and trying to marry the two is the same thing as marrying the left and right side of your brain. And so it's just like, it's a constant struggle, but it's a necessary struggle to then find and hone in on what you do, why you do it and who you serve to get the biggest right. impact.
0: And to do it with excellence. Mm-hmm. I think that is, the, that has been my word now for gosh, five, six years no. is, excellence. What is it that you do that you're really excellent at and you can deliver excellence? Truthfully, it comes from Beyonce because I swear when I went to her concert back in 2018, there was something that flashed up and it said excellence always. And I don't know if I made it up in my mind or if it was really there because when I asked a couple of my friends with me, I'm like, did you see that? They were like, no, what are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe I made it up. And for you, I
1: can't argue with the queen bee.
0: I know, it what? has stuck with me. And so what do we do that's excellent, right? And we can give other people that excellence in our service or our product.
1: Anyway. I love that. I posted yesterday about a quote that I kept hearing, kept hearing, and kept hearing. And I was like, I have to share this because it said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I like took it as a, I took it as like a personal hit because <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm so scatterbrained sometimes. And I do things like on a whim or I do it last minute or I do it in a way that I don't I want to be intentional. I want to be, you know, strategic in the best way, business way, you know, and I want to be thoughtful and I want to give my very best at all times. And sometimes I feel like I spread myself too thin where I'm not able to do that. I'm just like, I need to be able to be intentional with what those offerings are and how how I choose to do it. But then I started thinking about what do I do? How how do I do anything and everything that is good? And that for me is with a lot of kindness and love and heart. And I try to put that into everything that I do. It's part of our business mission to spread beauty and joy with others through what we do. And I have actually found that my business mission basically originated just from my personal mission of life. Like, I just really want to make the world a better place in the tiniest ways that I possibly can by putting my positivity, kindness, beauty, you know, things that I touch and make, I would love to make someone's day with it. It's just a neat way to be like, hey, I actually I actually do that in anything and everything that I do because I just decided to live it out. So I think trying to find the good in that is is very motivating. And then always, of course, having goals to strive for is, is part of the journey.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I know if people go check out your Instagram page. And of course I'll, I'll put that in the show notes, but all of your things are absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And I didn't even know wood flowers existed until I met you. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that's
1: good. That's good. I want to get the word out, but they're, they're growing. They're, they're starting like wildfire across the country. So it's good.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I know we talked a bit about, you know, you have the artistry brain going on and which I think is a beautiful thing, but it is a it is a process of marrying that business with the art, getting that together. But what would you say has been one of your biggest challenges over the past couple of years with growing your business?
1: Honestly, it was the financial side. <laughs> and I I hate to even admit it because I wish that I could be like Yeah, it's been perfect and easy the whole time, but you know, I'd be lying, but it's like, I really needed to dive into the business side more because naturally the artistry part comes, the creative part comes, the ideas. And honestly, marketing comes really easy to me because I don't feel like I'm selling. I just feel like I'm just shouting from the rooftops what people need to know about, you know, like, I love these things. I think you will too, or this is how I can help that part's easy. It's the books and it's the management of inventory and cash flow. And now that I've been in the warehouse, now that I've actually had big business expenses where I'm I'm dealing with rent and I'm heat and water and I'm doing you know payroll and I'm paying for professional services to help me with payroll. And I have a product-based business. So I also have to report my sales taxes. There's all sorts of the business side of things that I wasn't necessarily keeping in a cash flow spreadsheet to know what was going out and what was coming in and when was it not going to even out so what luckily woodflower floristry is fairly in demand depending on what we're offering at what time of the year you know we have wedding and event season in wisconsin at least from spring to fall sometimes we do have some winter weddings but then we kind of go bonkers around fourth quarter just like any other product-based business where people are looking for that thing that that one person who has everything, they don't have wood flowers, very likely. (laughs) They're coming to our site and they're shopping for those really cute gifts that are going to you know, share a message and let them know that they love them without breaking the bank because we can make some small stuff or we can do a custom order. So it's been so much fun that way that we get kind of crazy at the end of fourth quarter. Then we go into Valentine's Day. Then you have that crazy chaos of this floral holiday. And we also do World Kindness day in November and random acts of kindness week in February, where we try to spread our mission with as many people as we can through a sponsor, a STEM program, where we just try to spread beauty and joy by giving a random flower to a stranger in these spaces. And we try to show people how doing something kind, you know, it can elevate, it can elevate your day and it elevates their day. And you just, you start this wave of happiness. We have these really busy time in my head. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be fine. You know, well, insurance comes due at this time and this thing comes due at this time. And I'm going, I wasn't keeping track of this. Well, honestly, as a creative mind who doesn't enjoy numbers, I go to the enjoyment. I procrastinate and I put it off because it doesn't fill my bucket. And the things that fill my bucket, there's so many of them that I would rather look over here. I'd say putting on my CEO pants (laughs) has been, hard because I'm an artist through and through, but I love the business side. I love the marketing side, but I never truly stepped into the power of being the CEO. Like my business isn't going to survive if I don't get a hold of all of the things that scare me. <laughs> Luckily, my husband is a good sounding board and we're able to kind of problem solve and make sure that everything's going to work. And now I've kind of but buckled up and buttoned down the hatches and decided to set some boundaries for myself, set an appointment on the calendar with myself. And then I reward myself after I do it because I have to, or I don't do it. It's important to like know where your strengths lie and then know where they don't lie. And don't be afraid to go get some help, ask some questions or just like put on those CEO pants and go get the ice cream when you're done (laughs) or the nail polish or whatever it is.
0: I love the fact that you reward yourself. Very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And I, I,
1: I, but it's so true. And I, I, someone out there is going to feel that too.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday was, out, was always very consistent. Wednesday was my finance day. It was the day I did reconciliations and I got with my bookkeeper and it was always Wednesday. And then when COVID happened, I swear my life went. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and
0: everything was all over the place. But I've got to get back to that. I still have my, I don't have a set day, but I still spend time on my calendar. It's called money on my planner here. There you go. I have a, you know, money always has to be on there every week where I'm looking at personal stuff and the business stuff and just making sure everything's in alignment. But I totally get the cash flow thing. That was one of the things early on in my business. I just was like, How is it that we made this much money, but I don't have this much money? You know, exactly. I don't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely a, a very interesting ride, but I am so, so proud of you and how you have grown your business. And it's just been really neat to see you grow. One of the things I posted yesterday was about kind of the challenges that solopreneurs have. And I know you have a part-time person. You have aunt and mom coming to help you, which is great. But what would you say, you know, like one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, for small guys, we don't have an executive team. We don't have someone. Luckily, you have your husband. Same for me, my husband. I don't always think we, sometimes we're we need another person. It's like, we need, another, I get that. <laughs> we need another person in the mix, but how do you handle that? Like not having an exec team, you know, not having a board of directors, how are you making those decisions that you feel are important for your business?
1: Honestly, I found a wonderful community of like-minded creative entrepreneurs and they happen to also be woodflower florists and we connected I guess mostly through the pandemic too. Everyone was just searching for connection at that point. There's always been Facebook groups and things for woodflower florists, but we we all kind of dove in and got to know each other really well just through, you know, some like video chats and some threads and Facebook groups and things. And I connected very personally with about five women and I text them, I voice message them. I You know, have them as a sounding board. And honestly, a lot of my clubhouse connections from the room that we met in, I am in touch with a bunch of those people too via social media, able to just say, So this is happening. What would you do? You know, or Hey, I have a question. How about this? I think even when you're alone, you can't be alone and you have to find a community of some sort. And for me, it happened organically because I, you know, I dove into the economic development center. Now I speak on stages for the SBA at some of their events. And I'm able then to pour into other women, the way that they have other people have poured into me. So it's like this tiered system where it's like, well, I've gotten this from these people, I would love to give it back and go like pour into more people too. But thank goodness for social media, because you're like, it's in your pocket. If you need it, you can just send a text, a call, a voice message, comment on someone's thread. And if you don't have anyone personally, follow the people that you would love to learn. Because people are constantly putting out content that is designed to help you. It takes time. It takes effort. And like as a solopreneur, time is our currency. So you can't be scrolling all day long. But right. you can find the right niche and community in those things that are not your strengths to try to build it up, at least internally, to read the post or sign up for the master class or get the book or whatever it is where you can try to educate yourself on it, or at least download some of the information that other people are putting out there in order just to kind of expand your, your knowledge. And I've learned, I guess, being a solopreneur that I am my own limit. And that is the biggest like takeaway where I'm like, if I don't know, nobody around here knows (laughs) because it's just me, I have to learn and I have to grow and I have to listen to podcasts and I have to go online. I would say like find a community, find a mentor, get help from somebody that you trust. And in order to get that trust, follow along with their journey or go to that networking event locally, or ask a friend of a friend that you know has a small business. It's very likely that they have the same secret thoughts as you do. (laughs) So if you're brave enough to ask, you will very likely find connection.
0: Yeah, I agree. 100%. 100%. Well, tell people how they can get your
1: beautiful wood flowers, Andy. Yeah. yeah, we are an online business. So we we serve people everywhere, nationally and internationally. Our website is northwoodblooms.com, Northwood, and then blooms is plural. So a lot of people around here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin have trouble with that. But Northwood Blooms is our handle everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok. I'm diving in a little bit more there. (laughs) We're just, I'm just trying to share what wood flowers are and what we're making. But as I grow, I want to start, you know, serving people with not only our product, but how to use it and how it benefits you. We've worked on behind the scenes stuff just for informational purposes too. Like how can we help your business serve your clients and things like that. Everything is on northwoodblooms.com. I think that links to everywhere. I'd be happy to connect with everybody, whether you're a bride or a business or someone looking for something pretty, we would love to help you.
0: I'll definitely make sure I link that in the show notes as well. One more question for you, because I know you have some littles, not sure how little they are now, because I know they, they grow so fast, but Mm -hmm. how is balancing, or I don't know if balance is even the right word. I don't think that even exists, but Mm -hmm. how is it with, you know, being a mompreneur as well? Yeah, it's,
1: it's hard. I would say it was actually easier working from home with my teeny tiny humans in my basement than it, than it is having a location and, you know, set hours and different things. My kids are now six and three. When I met you, they were three and zero. (laughs) That was pretty, pretty kind of cool to see, you know, my oldest at three, now my youngest is three. So it's fun to see the comparisons and things. My oldest is in elementary school. That, that does help a lot. My youngest now goes to full-time daycare so that mom can work. I find that I'm on my phone too much. And as I'm trying to grow my business, I bring work home where it doesn't belong, which is why I have a location. It was easier being home, trying to separate those things and get all the cuddles and being, being in it, in the thick of it. I got more quality time. Now I'm really looking to get my quality time back And I've really set my weekends up to be the family quality time. But in this moment, uh, we're running a lot of make and takes. I'm gone on the weekends. So now I'm really trying to scramble in all the cuddles and the fun that I can. And I just try to be really intentional when I do have my girls. And there's always room for growth. I just want to make sure that when I'm with them, I'm with them and I'm not anywhere else. Yeah. What did you just say you're doing on the weekends? What did you call it? Like make and takes like uh DIY workshops where I'm teaching oh. people how to create with wood flowers. So it'll be very exciting. It's fun. It gets my teacher heart inspired again. I'm basically art teaching to adults with what I love right. to do. <laughs> oh, that is really cool though. Almost yeah, like so, the artist. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Make and then and we, we work with businesses for like their you know, team bonding and team building and stuff. We just had a private party with a, a local dentist office and they were able to have like their quarterly team bonding in our studio. <laughs> that was really fun. It brings people together, shares the joy of what Woodflowers can do. And then you go home with a product that has memories associated with it. Yeah. Doing that on the weekends now has been hard as a mom, but it, it's the best timing in the fall on the weekends to get out there and and spread the word and, and you know, Great. do some business as summer comes, it'll die down again.
0: Yeah. That's a great idea though. That's just wonderful because then people can share, I made this wood flower, but you have an event. I know someone who can make some for you. So that is fantastic. And eventually though, your girls will be able to help you with that too.
1: Yes. And they love wood flowers. They came and make, they come and make bouquets they have a little station, even in my office here, I have like kids books and I have their little table and I've coloring and, you know, they come to work with mom a lot, which is nice. And they mm-hmm. enjoy being here. Cause I do make it fun. They help organize the flowers. They turn them over to help them dry. Like they do little jobs for me that, that definitely brings them into the process. They get to see mom living her dreams and knowing that mom's a business owner and a wood flower florist, like they know all the things and they know when I'm wearing my branded shirt, even my three-year-old who can't really read, she's like, mama, you're in your Northwood Bloom shirt. And I'm like, I sure am, honey. Good job. So she reads the letters for me, you know, and we teach. So it's been a lot of fun. And I'm, I will always be a teacher at heart. You know, what's this letter, what's this number and what color are we making today? And do you want to help dye flowers with mommy? And they're all in for it. They think it's a lot of fun and that's important to me, that I don't want them to feel like mom going to work is a punishment or that they have to come to work as a punishment, that it's right. need to go to the warehouse, like, yay, I'm so excited, you know, and we have good snacks here. So that helps. Yeah. <laughs> the snacks definitely help.
0: Yeah, I mean, my kids come to the office quite a bit. And what's really cool now is because they're older, I can put them to work. They help. I mean, they really help do things too, where they are, things that I just don't get to, you know, even just some dusting because the janitor doesn't come every day or, you know, every week even anymore. But yeah, they're very, very helpful. And they get, you know, especially now my daughter's a teenager. She likes having her own money a little bit. She wants to buy things off Amazon or whatever the place is she shops, H&M and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's good Good life lessons to teach them, you know, and then I realized that they're watching us and my tiny humans are watching more than I know. It's important yeah. to kind of just show them at least what I would like them to also do. I don't want to be a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, very good, Andy. Thank you so much for coming on the show, telling us your story. You're so inspiring and I'm so glad I had the opportunity
1: to meet you three years yeah. ago now. Officially like one-on-one live in, in video form, at least. No, I agree. I've heard your voice live so many times and I'm a yeah. podcast listener. I've, I hear you a lot. <laughs> 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 that was nice to well, you. I
0: appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Andy, for joining me on the podcast. I enjoy speaking with people like you who have creative businesses. Our businesses are similar. And Ethan and I have both found that creative people often undervalue their work. They may cover their costs, but they don't factor in their expertise. As Andy mentioned, if people are coming to you, it's because they can't do what you do, don't want to do it, or don't have the time. I remember a few years ago, we had a highly creative team member who felt guilty about our pricing because they would try to equate the price to how long it would take them to do the work. Something that would take someone without their skills days or even months because they'd have to learn it would take them minutes. So in their mind, the price was too high, but they had invested a lot of money in their artistic expertise and deserved to be compensated accordingly. I mean, have you ever tried putting together your own floral bouquet? Have you ever tried putting together a bouquet of flowers? Now, Andy does wood flowers, which is absolutely amazing, painting them and putting them together in beautiful arrangements. But I can recall, I believe it was this year, I decided that I was going to go and buy different flowers from the grocery store and I was going to put them in my own bouquet and make it look really pretty. Well, when I tell you it was an epic fail, it was an epic fail and the reason why is because I am just not talented in that space now could I learn of course but instead now I just buy the flowers that are already prearranged they're very pretty and I just trim them and put them in a vase that is how far my talent goes when it comes to floral arrangements so I say that to say if you are a creative make sure you're charging what you're worth number one but number two if you would someday like to have your own business, and I love that Andy mentioned this because she spoke about how she was giving so much to her students that she didn't really take the time to still cultivate her own creativity. And this is what I loved about the quote at the beginning of this of this episode is because Maya Angelou speaks to us not being able to use up our creativity. We only get more as we use it. And so Andy goes out and she discovers these wood flowers and she becomes even more creative around her creativity, which is absolutely amazing. If you are working a position and you're feeling drained and you don't have that creative outlet, find it, especially if you aspire or desire to be an entrepreneur, because you never know what that creative That creativity can spark and what it can bring to you. It may not be that you actually end up doing that thing, but it may spark something else down the road. So be creative, even if you're an accountant and you like to paint or you like to draw or whatever the case may be, whatever your creative outlet is, you like to play an instrument, do that so you can then spark other creative juices in your brain in your space as you can see I did not split this episode with Andy truthfully in full disclosure I remembered why I didn't like to do that I did it early on in the podcast when I first started and I stopped doing it and then I started back just recently and I realized why I don't like to do it so much is because if it doesn't have a natural spot to stop a flow The show just doesn't flow very well. So if you need your podcast to be less than 30 minutes, do what I do. I listen to all of my podcasts and books on a minimum of about 1.75 or 2. I have even started doing this with shows. I'm very much into documentaries right now. I love the information that I gain from them, but I really don't want to listen to them on 1.0 speed. So I speed it up. Sometimes I have to slow it down if it has specific music, if I'm watching one. I recently watched one on George Michael on Netflix, which was really good. So I wanted to hear the music. So I listened to that one on 1.0 speed. But if you want to speed up the podcast, feel free to expedite it along. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so it hits your phone automatically. You don't have to do anything. And if you don't mind, take a minute to rate, review, and share the podcast. Join the Become Your Own Boss community. If you haven't joined, you missed a really great newsletter that just came out this morning. Not only just great from the content, but actually just helpful for you In your life and in your business. So make sure you jump over and join the Become Your Own Boss community. You can see the link in the show notes for that. There's also the link in the show notes for all of Andy's contact information, her website. If you want to go online and order, she ships all over. So make sure you check her out. Again, thanks for listening. Remember, now is the time. Now is the time to level up, leave a legacy, and become your own boss.